Welcome to The Defo Show. And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. Great to be with you here on Ion Channel. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz. It is The Defo Show on Jack Namer's fine network, streaming audio and video all around the world and uh, gathering steam uh, like a rolling stone, gathering moss each and every day. Great to be with you here on this fine Wednesday. We juxtaposed a couple of things this week. Tony Segreto with Old School, normally with us on Wednesday, joined us on Monday. And I I think the timing might be appropriate because uh, is there any better time to fit in our NFL slash golf analyst, (laughs) Guy Jimmy, than today? None. Because uh, you know what happens tomorrow at 1034, tomorrow morning, Eastern Time, the world comes to a complete stop, and we all sit in uh, just hushed silence. Mm-hmm. Shh, shh. You're going to be hearing that uh, very loudly <laughs> all over the plains of Georgia. As from Augusta National, Tiger Woods will tee off in the Masters, uh, trying to, again, show that uh, he is invincible, that uh, he is steadier and sturdier and stronger than the American cockroach. I guess uh, the cockroach is not an American thing. It's not unique to America. But uh, we've often said it, and and we may be getting closer to that day, right? You think Putin's got his finger on a button? Huh, Luby? A little concerned about that? Hey, hey, Vlad! No nuclear weapons, huh? This guy. But, uh, I mean, that's what they're hoping for, but uh, that that he he doesn't absolutely go berserk and then push the red button, which uh, didn't Donnie Trump come close to pushing that one time? Oh, Jesus. Came close, didn't he? No idea. Talking about it. Yeah, I'm going to hit the button. (laughs) If you don't elect me president again, boom. Exactly. I'm going to hit the button. But uh, when the world is extinct, uh, two things will exist. I I guess we've been saying three if you throw in Ben Roethlisberger, but he's out of football now, so who knows what's going to happen to him. Anything could happen. Tiger Woods, though, uh, you literally could have him standing in the middle of I-95 and have a series of trucks run him over, and he would get up and he'd still be able to play the par three today (laughs) at Augusta National. Testing it out. But uh, 1034 tomorrow, he tees off uh, with Louis Wiesthazen and uh, Joaquin Neiman, who uh, is the uh, rising, well, what is he, a Puerto Rican uh, star, I believe I he is. I think so. He's a rising star, whoever he is, uh, wherever he's from. He's from, uh, I believe, Puerto Rico, uh, Joaquin Neiman. And so uh, we'll analyze the uh, national, I mean, uh, the uh, uh, Augusta National field with John Kajemi a bit later on in the program. That, that should be great. Uh, John submitted his entries. You're in the pool, Luby. Nice. Uh, we have a Community entry in the pool, a three-way split, which I'm putting up to Capital for, so you really can't cry about it, Luby. It's a freebie for you. It's a freebie for John. It's uh, 50 bucks to me. And then I have my own entry, which, uh, wow, I mean, uh, I, I did something I normally wouldn't do, and I included your man, Rory McElroy, who oh, you wow. use in all of these pools every time we reference it. Yeah. And McElroy is a very shaky suspect uh, in this uh, particular field and i chose him uh, over a bunch of other guys that, that probably uh, might fare better because uh, the book on mcelroy right now is that uh, not hitting his irons his approach shots are not particularly on target mike luby lubitz which mm. uh, what do you need to be at augusta national you need to be on the greens my yep, friend yep. be on the greens yep. you want greens and regulation g-i-r greens and regulation that's my yes. analysis here i've been watching a golf channel and uh, you can take all of their uh, analysts and put them all together, and I think you would come up with the cumulative idea that uh, greens and regulation is going to be the key. Well, you have to hit it straight. Uh, 
It's weird being a golf analyst. You know what? That that would be a really easy job, wouldn't it? First of all, you don't ever have to project any kind of energy whatsoever. You can uh, sound like you're talking from the grave. Well, here he is over a twisting, turning uh, 24-footer. Uh, I tell you what, uh, the bravery this man has shown on the greens today is just exceptional, unparalleled in the history of golf. You have to go all the way back to Ben Hogan to find somebody that has the guts that Tiger Woods is displaying on the course today. Now, we're also going to learn that Tiger Woods is the most wonderful human being that ever yes, lived. Yes, yes, yes. He's had no indiscretions. Never mind, Rachel, you could tell, <laughs> screaming from the gallery there. It was me, Tiger. It was me. You never loved her. <laughs> you never loved her. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if the stuff that haunts the regular guy like you and me haunted Tiger Woods yes. uh, just publicly like that? Yep. Wow. I mean, you talk about getting away with stuff. I, I can't get away with anything. I was no, talking about no. that. My dad said that to me. The DeForest never get away with anything. Nothing. Whatever it is. We're suspected of doing things that we have never even dreamed of <laughs> you doing. You didn't do. <laughs> Nothing. What are you talking about? Other woman. <laughs> but uh, for years, I mean, and that was the thing with, with Tiger Woods. And I don't resent Tiger Woods uh, at all. Uh, whatever it is that he did in his life. I mean, let's face it. It's not easy to be under that level of scrutiny and not screw up. Yeah, his whole life. Too. I mean, some people handle it well. I mean, there's always going to be a, you know, it's the old King Lear thing. There's always going to be a ward on your nose uh, of some sort. Is there not, Mike Luby Lewis? Oh, yeah. Do you have a perfectly clean record if they followed you around everywhere you went? Tiger Woods farts, and all of a sudden you have 30 reporters out there going, oh, can you believe it? He had the pimento and cheese sandwich. Look, we told you it creates gas. The guy farted. What, what, what do you want? But, I mean, immensely, it can't be easy to live under that kind of spotlight. No. I mean, even with the minor scrutiny that we have to endure with our lowest level of celebrity stature here in town, uh, you know, I mean, every now and then it's like annoying, right? People come up to you. They think they know everything about you. They're telling you, hey, you know what? You shouldn't have done that, Defoe. <laughs> so, well, what do you know about what I did? I mean, uh, it, it's just me. They think they know more about you than you do. So, yes. I mean, if it happens at our level, Luby, and you've experienced this, yes. th then imagine what it's like to be Tiger Woods and everywhere can't. you go. I mean, you can't, literally, you can't take a dump. I, I would imagine that the guy would, would prefer pay toilets just because it's less likely that people would follow him into the stall. Probably. <laughs> Rinaldi would be shoveling quarters in there. Come on, Tiger. Give me one more soundbite. It's another exclusive for Fox. <laughs> but that, that that's going to be, I, I don't know. It, it, it seemed like he, he has a pretty good handle on the idea. He, he says, you know what, he wouldn't be out there if he didn't think he could win. Which, uh, you know, I mean, uh, the tributary, uh, you know, the trivial uh, tribute uh, kind of round that they have uh, for Arnie Palmer and they had it for Big Jack. Big Jack never really embarrassed himself, did he? He would hit that low-line drive right down the middle of the first fairway. You notice uh, when they hit the ceremonial first shot, they never show you where the ball goes? I was going to say, you actually don't know where it went. They just no. show you, and then you watch it. Because Arnie was in the woods, man. You would hear it. <laughs> uh, you could hear it clearly, uh, you know, and it's just like when uh, you and I would be uh, playing golf, <laughs> and uh, you would hear, whoosh, whoosh. It's that second thwack. Yes, yes. Means that it's in the woods. It's caroming around like it was in a pinball machine. This golf ball is. I mean, sometimes have you ever done it where you like nailed three trees? Oh yeah, in one shot. Boom, 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 boom. boom. Yeah. <laughs> now you know that Arnie, at best, when he was like eighty-seven, and and you know, don't take this the wrong way, people. I love Arnie Palmer oh, of the. Of the big guys that were around at the time, it was Arnie Palmer, it was Gary Player, and it was Big Jack. Those were the big three in golf. Arnie Palmer, Gary Player, 
Big Jack. Yeah, yeah, you had a little Weisskopf and you had so many other guys uh, that were around. And they were very good and they had their share of wins. But uh, nonetheless, uh, all you really cared about was Arnie, Gary, and Jack. Arnie was far and away my favorite. Now, now we've met Gary Player. He's a, a perfectly decent human being. Remarkable, right? Were you with me when we interviewed Gary Player and no. he was talking about how he did a thousand sit-ups? Yes, never mind. A yes, thousand yes, push-ups. Yes. Every yes. day. Yes, yes. He had a book out. Yeah, when he was like Mr. Jack and he was in the magazines. Yep, and that was us. Yep, yep. It's freaking Jack LaLanne, this guy. What are you talking about, man? I mean, uh, it wouldn't be surprising to see him like jump in the English Channel with a stream of rowboats behind him and swim right across. And flip the bird to Diane and Nyan going, hey, you can have it, uh, Havana there, Diane. Diane and Nyan, get out of here with that. That was nothing. Look what I just did. Uh, and, and who else, I mean, do you know that's in that category? I guess Herschel Walker and Gary Player are the two guys that do a 1,000 sit-ups and a 1,000 push-ups every day. Now, I have not done a 1,000 sit-ups or push-ups mm-hmm. lifetime, I don't think. I, mean, I have, but I haven't right? done it I wasn't a, a big push-up or sit-up guy. I mean, I, I don't really like doing sit-ups. Do you? Sit-ups, yeah. uh, after a while, after like a couple of them, they start hurting your stomach, don't they? <laughs> and then you walk around the next day, you're sore as crap. I do it daily. Remember, they would have those uh, vicious <laughs> workouts in gym class because some guy had graffitied the bathroom, and they would send you down to Coach Mousehart. That was the name of my gym coach. Uh, that was, uh, and whenever there was a Marky Desaad type of workout that was designed to get somebody to rat out whoever it was to put the, uh, you know, whatever they did in the bathroom there, uh, bleep Mrs. So and So, or whatever swastikas, all kinds of crazy stuff that people used to uh, put on the walls, and, and uh, you know, as a method of finding out uh, who the culprit was, who the uh, Guilty party was uh, everybody had to endure these vicious workouts in gym class. Vicious burpees, probably the most uh, heinous Pain. exercise ever conceived is the burpee, also known as the squat thrust. Yep. Squat thrust, right? You uh, squat down, push your legs out into a push-up position, bring them back under your chest, and then jump, jump up in the air yep. and do a jumping jack. Yep. Try 50 and O's today if you're not in shape. I've done right? them. It's fun. You should make that part of the Mike Mayo challenge. 50 squat thrusts. Yeah, you know what? Skip the dinner at Runway 84. I just want to see Mayo do 50 squat thrusts. I couldn't do three at this point. Probably not. But uh, that that was it. That was a torturous exercise. And then, uh, you know, a lot of sit-ups. You know, you'd go straight from that into sit-ups. And then they make you do push-ups. And you go straight from that into sit-ups. And then you'd have to run suicide drills. And you go straight from that into sit-ups. And finally, somebody would say, it was Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> so much rat, they'd break. <laughs> rat. I mean, they would just crack under the pressure, which uh, I'm assuming Tiger Woods is immune to uh, whatever pressure. Now, I, I did make a mistake, I think, in my poll because I, I took Weasty. Uh, Louis uh, Weasthazen. Weasthazen. Yep. I think you pronounce it Weasthazen. It's Weasty. They I call think. him Oosty, but it's Weasty. <laughs> <laughs> Which shows you how dumb these golf announcers are, right? I mean, and they don't have to do anything. Another twisting, turning uh, 30 footer here. I tell you what, the crowd is really in suspense to see if Tiger can figure out uh, the very heavy undulation of this green. That would, that would be great. Being, I, I, I did call a couple of golf holes for uh, CBS oh, radio really? one time. Really? I told you about that. Yeah. Well, they used to have uh, this thing called uh, the uh, Saturday Sports Spectrum or something. I don't know what it was. It was like a big thing they had. And and, uh, this was in the day when sports updates were popular. And they gave the guy a lot of time. And I want to say, I I can't remember the guy's first name. His last name was Kelly. He's a big-time CBS announcer. Like like one of their second-tier guys on TV, but uh, number one guy on the radio. And he did this uh, Saturday Sports Spectacular or whatever they called it. And they were on every half hour uh, all across the country. 
And I used to uh, do some stringing work for these guys. Uh, you know, they would come to me if, uh, you know, they needed a preview of a Dolphin game on a Sunday or if there was something big going on in town on Saturday, and I would go out and cover it. Now, uh, they also uh, – th- this guy loved golf, this guy Kelly. And so he always included a golf soundbite uh, in his Saturday broadcast and Sunday broadcast. So it was great. I mean, I was making pretty good money for doing nothing. And at the time, desperately needed it because I was getting paid nothing here, not realizing that Miami – once again, was in the Stone Age when I got here in the 80s and that they didn't pay squat. I mean, the salaries here by standards of other cities are probably still low, yes, although it really yes. doesn't matter where you are anymore. You, yes. you could have a job where my son's working for a CPA firm in Los Angeles, but he lives here in Boca Raton. Yep, yep. Do they have any offices here? No, no. they got nothing. <laughs> they got one guy. He's just hanging out there uh, doing, uh, uh, you know, uh, stars uh, tax returns right now as we speak. He had to uh, blow off our tennis match last night because I think he was doing John Malkovich's tax return. Nice. Right. And you know what he said to him right after he finished it? Pay that man his money. <laughs> <laughs> check, check, check. He's a poker player, my son, so he naturally uh, made many references to the movie Rounders, which, uh, I don't know, was that Malkovich's uh, most proud work? Remember where he got in a jackpot with Jeremy Piven? Because we thought two for the money was, was like a giant role for him, and uh, to him, it was just something he probably Stupid just job, needed to yeah. check that week. So he said, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll sit on the desk there and act like I'm one of these touts, which he did very well. It was but, good. But uh, he, he was a little embarrassed that we continued to harp on this particular movie when, uh, you know, it didn't sound like it was actually his signature piece of work, at least uh, not in his own mind. I, I don't know. Did Malkovich, uh, you know, that KGB role he played in the movie Rounders? What do you think? I mean, he's played a lot of things, Malkovich. Wasn't he Oscar nominated for things? And I don't think it was Rounders. But he's good in it, and I enjoy it. He was good in Rounders, but, I mean, they could have gotten other people to play that role. No, I mean, uh, I'm not sure that he was uh, so impactful as uh, Rounders that you had to have Malkovich. Could you have had Liam Neeson be that guy? I don't know. Probably not. (laughs) I don't know. He's not Mr. (laughs) Actor. I'm surprised Wahlberg wasn't in the movies in every other movie. Honestly, that's uh, incredible. A- anyway, uh, th- this will be storybook type of stuff that's happening uh, tomorrow. I-, I I think Tiger Woods is going to play another practice round today. I've never seen practice rounds covered so intensely as the practice rounds that Tiger Woods is playing at Augusta National. Uh, he played nine holes on Monday. It was pouring rain yesterday, so nobody was out on the course. Uh, I guess a couple of people uh, actually attempted to get out there for a while, and then it started pouring. Uh, a real tip of the hat there uh, to Justin Thomas, who I have as part of my uh, contingent uh, to win this Masters pool, uh, was uh, on, on one of the lists with a bunch of other uh, really uh, top-notch guys. But uh, I took Thomas because he's very consistent, Justin Thomas. If he doesn't make it, I, I won't be sad that I selected him. But uh, did you see what he did? I mean, it's pouring rain. The caddy is running. Uh, I guess they were on the practice green and the practice tees. And uh, he, he's got an umbrella. And it's literally you know, like, like uh, just a, a typhoon is blowing through there, and some little kid uh, is yelling, uh, hey, Justin, Justin, and the guy actually stops, and uh, while pouring rain uh, is coming down, he, he signs a whole bunch of autographs. Oh, wow. Now, that's good a good him. guy. Yeah, yeah, good for him. That's a good guy. That's Lee Trevino-esque. That's the kind of thing that helps uh, make you feel good about being a sports fan, as opposed to you, you think Tiger's going to stop and do that? Remember, I mean, when he had Steve Williams, uh, Steve Williams uh, used to bring like a, a double barrel shotgun with him. <laughs> Never mind just trying to ward off the uh, fans there and keep them uh, uh, at distance at bay, you know, by waving a nine iron like it was Chi Chi Rodriguez. Right. He could have done one of these things. Right. Where we just uh, waved the nine iron at him or the putter. 
But no, I mean, he would have like a double barrel shotgun. He would point it at some little Korean woman who was trying to get an autograph from Tiger Woods. Not even trying to get an autograph, maybe taking a picture from a mile away. What? Give me that camera. Crazy stuff to uh, protect Tiger Woods. Uh, but uh, he's going to be in there. 1034, he tees off tomorrow. I would imagine, uh, what, there'll be some kind of seismographic measurement of the impact this is having uh, in the world. A- a- even Vladimir Putin might put the arms down. Uh, while uh, Tiger tees off, you imagine they got a picture of Vladimir looking, and then he says, okay, tanks, straight ahead. <laughs> I don't mean to make jokes about that, because uh, the stuff that you're seeing and reading about what's happening in the Ukraine, uh, you know, and, and they're debating, well, what is with the semantics about Vladimir Putin? And what's happening, these atrocities being committed by uh, the Russian army and uh, their, you know, just uh, endless assault of the cities of the, uh, Ukraine. It, it, it'll take forever to rebuild that. Yeah, and, they're still and their doing bodies it. in the streets and, uh, you know, more and more stories of atrocities, even as the uh, Russian troops were leaving town or executing people. I mean, uh, insanity. And, and, you know, everybody's like kind of tiptoeing around. Well, uh, we should charge him with a war crime. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know. Okay, get it. great, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean,. How about blowing a guy, uh, you know, to bits? Uh, that would be the way to go. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, he's not doing anything that's of peaceful times. He's breaking all the rules. It's okay. Like, that's what's funny is when Biden said something about, you know, he shouldn't be the leader. People are like, oh, my God, did you say that? Like, oh, yeah, we all should say that. Lindsey Graham that said bastard. it. It's the first yeah. time I've ever agreed with Lindsey Graham when he was like, someone over there should go get him. Yes, they should. <laughs> like. It's true. Lindsey Graham's that piece of work, huh? I, mean, I know, but I disagree with that. Is, yeah. like, I mean, he wasn't wrong. His condemnation of the uh, Supreme oh, Court nominee, so uh, just absolutely insane. And uh, who was that guy, uh, Getz? The guy Matt from Getz, Florida, the crazy the guy, guy with the greasy hair that criminal. was supposedly sexually assaulting teenagers? Yes, he's a criminal. He was a real beauty yesterday also. But, I mean, that, that's a whole other scene. That, that's why we like to focus on the sports here. world. Yes, we stay here. Because, uh, you know, it, it's a kinder, gentler world. It, it really is. And a lot of good things are going on here, including, uh, see, now, look at the interest in the Masters, how it's been ratcheted up. Tiger Woods has made more money for these people than anybody could ever imagine. Uh, who, who do you think is the happiest right now, ESPN or CBS? ESPN has to be because uh, they're going to get Tiger Woods for two rounds no matter what, unless he just drops out of the tournament after shooting a 93 the first day. Yeah, That's possible. But I, I don't know. I mean, can you anticipate this guy actually being in contention a little nope. bit? That seems very far-fetched, does it not? But he, he's not the kind of guy that's going to go out there to embarrass himself either. Yeah, yeah, he said it, that. They, like, people yeah. were talking about how he wouldn't do this just to do it. Like, he's only doing it because he thinks he has a shot. I, I just think it's weird. He hasn't played in any tournament for two years. The first tournament's going to be the Masters, and then he's going to contend. I, I I feel like that's a big but, stretch. But uh, he, he owns this course. I mean, he's I, great there, right? 25 years uh, since his first Masters, but he's won five of them. Yeah, that's crazy. So, I mean, that's a pretty good percentage for winning golf tournaments, is it not? Always, uh, you know, always in contention there. He knows the course uh, like the back of his hand. And, uh, you know, if he was going to come back somewhere, why not uh, do it in a blaze of glory here in the sport's biggest and the highest highest spotlighted event, the Masters Tournament, which uh, gets underway tomorrow at uh, 1034. You'll see Tiger teeing off. Now, he's not the first guy to tee off. And I'm wondering how that's going to impact. See, this is my uh, one concern. Well, I have two concerns. McElroy, of course, is a big concern among the seven guys I have in the golf pool. For the Masters. And, uh, you know, it's a pretty uh, decent piece of cash to be taken down if uh, you end up winning this thing. So it's definitely worth your interest and definitely worth the $50 entry fee. But nice. 
Uh, McElroy, I, I guess, is the most suspect uh, of my picks, I, I believe. I took John Rahm. Or Ram. Uh, did we ever figure out how to pronounce this guy's name? It's only got four letters, and I keep I've always heard it as Ram. Does anyone call him Ram? Do people say John Ram? I, I'm going Ram with the H. I've know, always Ram. heard it as Ram. Yeah, that's when I've ever. It's always what I've heard it as, John Ram. You all geezers out there from uh, the uh, you know New York and its suburbs area will remember a Gunga Ram was a character on Andy's gang and when they used to play they used to play this weird uh, movie with uh, some Indian guy not not a native american indian but like an indian. actual guy from india yeah. and uh, for some reason they were running a search for the big bull elephant and they were like riding around on elephants trying to find this big bull elephant. I, I don't know what they were going to do with it. I, I guess they were going to shoot it, but uh, which was an appropriate thing to have uh, for a kid show. Yeah, exactly. But Gunga Ram was always the name of the character. And I think he also spelled his name R-A-H-M. It was, was pretty go. crappy at golf. I don't think he ever even picked up a, a wedge <laughs> in his life. He was mostly just dealing with this big bull elephant. But uh, John Ram, uh, I, uh, how could he not? He's a favorite to win the tournament. I, I don't know that he's going to. Uh, supposedly, Luby, here, here's my golf expertise. I, mm -hmm. I almost sound like, uh, what is it, Brandon Chamley? Guy on a golf Brandle, channel here? Brandle Chamley. Brandle Chamley, name that's yeah. not an actual name. Yeah, they made up the name. Brandle. Brandle Chamley, yeah. He was a, a, an okay golfer in, in his day, and he seems to be very astute when it comes to analysis. In fact, all of those guys are dead serious, man. Do, do any of them have any fun on a golf channel or do you just have to wear like a an expensive suit or what appears to be an expensive suit and, and then just babble away and endlessly whisper. like I am right now? And they always have to whisper. And, yeah. And, and yeah, did they ever? I mean, even when they were ordering dinner at a restaurant, they're probably yes. like, I'll have the filet mignon. Yes. What a I would shot. like that rare. Wow, what a shot. And I could bring, bring a baked potato on the side. That would be fantastic. I could, the whispering would get to me. At some point, it would be like, what? Speak up. Just talk. Can they really hear you? Like, and if they hey, heard is this you, gonna, yeah, like, what would is you do? going to affect Tiger Woods? He shot like 8 million drives in his life. So if you yelled out, miss it. You think it's really going to distract him? I, I don't know. I just don't get. I don't Seems get weird, why some sports you can literally stand there showing your breasts while they're doing their job, but yeah. the other sport, tennis, which you're allowed to cheer except for like when they're doing it. Okay, which I still don't understand. Like I play tennis, I don't care what the hell's going on out there. I'm focused on tennis, so these people should even be more focused. And golf, like you can't even. Like, they don't even want you to breathe. It's like, what is that going to really do? And if that's going to do something, how good are they? Like, I don't understand no. the whisper. Like, I don't get that. A guy belches, like, in the gallery, and <laughs> they, they throw him out. out. They freak out. What? In the middle of his backswing? Are you kidding me? <laughs> who was the worst about that? Curtis Strange was really bad about that, wasn't he? Curtis Strange, who, who also became a golf analyst. Yeah, he's a, and he's dead serious. I, I guess he's yep. considered to be pretty good. Curtis Strange. He's fine, but he, he's actually who I was thinking of because they're always like, wow, look at that lie. It's yeah, like, yeah, some what? guy was in the crowd there. <laughs> you know, you hear nothing, and the next thing you know, he's firing his wedge at the guy. And you're like, well, what happened? And I guess he, you know, whispered something, or maybe, you know, the, the cell phone would be an annoyance, would it not? But I think the problem is if it's dead quiet, it, it just exacerbates the uh, situation when somebody does make a noise. So why not just have a general buzz going at yes, all times yes. and uh, learn how to tune it out? Wouldn't that be the way to go? <laughs> I mean, baseball hitters uh, have uh, guys, you know, wearing, uh, you know, things that, that reflect the sun out in center field. <laughs> and, and they're trying to hit a 102 mile an hour fastball from uh, Chapman. 
and, and it doesn't bother him, right? The sun's in and out. People are yelling and screaming. You can hear the vendors. Hey, beer. Hey, beer. How about the guys shooting free throws? Yes. Especially, uh, you know, at the uh, Final Four where they're in like a cavernous arena, like the Caesars Superdome. Boy, does that sound good to say that, huh? The Caesars Superdome. Oh, Gambling, infiltrating virtually everything. <laughs> and I mean, they're behind a the basket. They're a fiberglass basket yes. that you can see through the backboard. And, and everybody's waving. And like you said, they're, they're flashing their breasts. Yes. <laughs> they can do anything. And a guy's got to go up there and sink two or three no, seconds to go. Barred. <laughs> Nobody says, oh, quiet, please. Yeah, I don't get it. Crazy, I never right? understood that. Like, what do you mean? Literally, in football, they have to practice with so much noise so that when they do the game, they can know the, the silent count because they're assuming yes. there's going to be noise. So I don't understand why. Go I never got that. Like, why are, do you have to be quiet in golf? And they're just peaceful games. I think it's detrimental that they're quiet. I think it's stupid. I really do. <laughs> like, I think it's dumb. Like, you're, you're better off with somebody heckling you. Yeah, be loud. Time. You really are. Yeah. <laughs> Don't shank it there, Tiger. <laughs> Watch out for the duck hook. Trees on the left. Water on the right. What do you mean? They would take cameras from people because they click, 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 would, like, ruin their shot. It's like, who okay. cares? Okay. We'll have to ask Jimmy about that. Like, if he needs dead quiet when he's uh, standing <laughs> over sure. a shot. I don't think so, right? The guy played quarterback for Pittsburgh. You think the fans there were going to be quiet? No. I don't think so, right? How many times have you seen the quarterback of the home team saying, please, yes, give me a little bit of a break here so <laughs> at least the guys can hear the signals, but but he's not complaining that he's going to throw an errant pass because there's a lot of crowd noise. No. It's stupid. I, I don't know. Uh, and, and they're particularly sanctimonious uh, at Augusta National, are they not? You think oh Martha God. Burke will be on the scene? What's going to go wrong there? I Nothing? I think she's still in charge. <laughs> Something. I mean, if she ever wanted to steal the spotlight, get out there right now and start another protest. They don't like women here. Black people either. They're rooting against Tiger. <laughs> who was that? Hootie Johnson? Yes. That's good the job. Guy who was you. the head of Augusta yeah. National. He's been yeah, gone yeah. for a while. They got yes. some other guy that seems to be. Very debonair and uh, very. I mean, this is like, isn't it the the richest country club in terms of uh, you know the, the memberships per capita, or whatever? Yeah, something like, like that. Uh, I would imagine it's fairly exclusive, right? They finally let Condoleezza Rice uh, buy a member. She's on everything, huh? When do you ever see her involved in any sporting events? Condoleezza Rice. She's on the football committee to pick, or was uh, to pick the college uh, championship uh, contenders. The and then one. she's uh, also a member at Augusta National because they finally said, you know what? We can kill two birds with one stone. A black woman kills <laughs> two voids here, right? <laughs> now there'll be one in each category as compared to the other thousand <laughs> exactly. of white men that have a lot of money and power. <laughs> Golf World never really tried to, uh, I mean, they, they they don't like talking about that uh, whole business no, where, no. Uh, you know, most of the places that they play are blatantly racist. Never bothered him. Uh, Hootie uh, Johnson used to come out to the press conferences and he had a cone-shaped <laughs> sheet on his head. <laughs> he literally had, I don't even want to He's standing there with a cross, you know, like a big wooden cross. <laughs> and he would do the press conference and nobody questioned yeah, him. Hey, uh, Hootie, uh, you know, what's with the sheet? <laughs> when you... That was off limits. All right. Throw that man out. Oh, my God. He's out of the press conference. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, Tiger looked pretty confident at the press conference he held. Uh, I watched some of it yesterday. I yeah. uh, saw some of it live. And then, of course, there were clips all over the place. And uh, the big question was, Luby, uh, you know, do you think you can win this thing? And he says, of course. He said, I wouldn't do it if I couldn't, if I didn't think I had a shot at winning it. Okay. All right. We'll see. You know, we'll find <laughs> I, out I tomorrow. Think, I find it funny. Like, if you're in golf, isn't it scary that you're relying 
on attention on a guy that's in his 50s? Like, isn't that, I, I, and I'm not Ed Berliner. I don't think it's bad that he he's in it. I'm not stupid. Like, he brings attention, so let him, you want him there. Of course. But isn't it not great that you hang your hopes on a guy that really should be on the senior tour? <laughs> like, well, he's 46, uh, Tiger Woods. Mid-40s? I mean, yeah. th- there was a... a um. I mean, there's no reason to think. I mean, if Tom Brady could play football at 45, I mean, uh, obviously the numbers have changed, uh, and uh, there is some truth to the idea that uh, <laughs> today's 70 or 71 soon to be is, is maybe, you know, 40 years ago, you're the equivalent of 50. I, I don't know. Is it possible? Yeah. 70 used to be like a geezer-esque to me. I, I, I still feel like, a, you know, I wish I wasn't on borrowed time, but I, I still feel, uh, you know, more like active I than I am. Stuff. Yeah. A little more active than I am. So Yeah, I mean, I, I like getting out there and playing ball of any kind, even if it's, uh, you know, a very horrible uh, uh, level of recreational tennis <laughs> where you're, you're starting to lose the guys that you used to beat like a drum, and you're thinking, how is this possible that I have deteriorated that badly while I think I'm doing well? That's the tough part, right? You think, wow, I'm, I'm really doing this, man. I'm running, I'm chasing down balls, and uh, I'm losing 6-1, well, What is that all about? It's not good. And basketball, that's out of the picture. Baseball, you can't find enough guys to play. And I I can't even conceive. I was thinking about it on the walk of life, uh, like some of the plays you used to be able to make in baseball. And I I was pretty versatile as a fielder. I I could play any position. Uh, You know, and I really kind of liked, uh, believe it or not, Luby, even though I wasn't the fat kid anymore. But uh, I love playing right field for some reason. Okay. And baseball and softball because I I like the whole action of, uh, you know, uh, coming in and having a possibility of throwing a guy out at third base, trying to go there on a single. But but I, I couldn't even begin to conceive of making these moves now. You know, where you're running in and you actually catch a ball on the fly. You know, I mean, uh, you know, you got a ball goes through for a base hit. The guy's going to go from first to third. And all of a sudden, you're Roberto Clemente, right? <laughs> you're trying to get it on a, in you're the You're making air. a play on the line. You're doing a 360 pivot. You're firing a strike to third base on the fly. And the guy's out by two feet. And you're thinking, holy Dewey Evans, man. I mean, what an arm I have. Uh, but I couldn't even begin to conceive of, uh, you know, any basketball moves, baseball, uh, any of that stuff. Uh, maybe you might be able to hit the ball now because you're just kind of standing there. And if you didn't pull both hamstrings on the first swing, uh, you might be able to start making contact after three or four pitches. But uh, tennis is one thing. I mean, I, you can keep going. Uh, and that's, that's a surprising thing. Golf, I guess, too. But golf, to me, is not really a very physical game. And there was always that debate, whether it's a sport or a game. What, what would you say? I, I call it a sport. I mean, it involves a sporting motion. Yeah, it's yeah. more of a game than it is a sport, in yes. my estimation. Yes. But, you know, I mean, if you're going to call the biathlon an Olympic sport, then uh, obviously golf. golf I, I guess you, you could say it's a sport, right? Yeah, I call it a sport. I mean, yeah, is bowling a sport? Is bowling, bowling a sport? Bowling was the one that I enjoy that I never knew if it really was a sport. There's. <laughs> Talk about people who are out of shape doing something. Like the majority of people yeah. bowling are not in great shape, and they are getting. Well, you're like smoking, 230s. drinking a beer, and eating a slice of pizza. You're bowling. Yeah, I mean, and that's not like a beer league. That's just normal bowling. Yeah. <laughs> like normal bowling. No, I, 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 I believe this to be true. I, I, I hope I'm not imagining this, but I believe that uh, when it first was on TV, the PBA tour with Chris Shankle and Nelson Burton Jr. I don't know if Burton Jr. was the original color commentator, but he was a longtime color commentator. They were a great team. Shankle and Nelson Burton Jr. He's going cross lane for the 10 pin. And I always found that to be, you know, I mean, it's tough to come up with new commentary when you there's the such a limited playing field there, right? I mean, how many different things are happening in bowling? Very little, right? 
But the idea that he could do anything else but go cross lane for the 10 pin uh, was absurd because what, what was the guy supposed to do? Line one down the gutter? <laughs> of course he was going to go across the alley there and trying to hook that ball at the last second unless he was a lefty, in which case it was a completely different shot, right? Be like the equivalent of the righty going for the 7 pin. But uh, they, they used to actually smoke the, the competitors. Yes. They had, like lit cigarettes. Definitely. In, in the area where they were, like, waiting for their next shot, you know, you would see, like, Ernie Schlegel. This was a guy that wore the uh, leather American flag pants. He was kind of uh, the Joe Willie Namath of the circuit there, and, you know, a little bit of an oddball. And uh, I'm pretty sure he had, like, a cigarette going, no? 100%. The old videos. Did Carmen Salvino smoke? I, I think he might have smoked. They would have cigs, and they would have a beer, 100%. Yeah. So that was always, it was like, okay, I, I can't, I call it a sport because I was highly involved in it. But when you would watch people doing it, it would be like, okay, I can see why. <laughs> you know, I, I don't sure think it really sport. matters, you know, what, what we consider it as a label. It's exactly. like music, right? Uh, you say blues music and everybody goes, oh, well, you know. But the stuff you that's, like is blues. That's horrible, yeah. Slow moving and this and that. But, I mean, there, there's a lot to it. And, and it comes under one umbrella. And, unfortunately, yep. uh, you know, bowling as a sport, it doesn't matter. I mean, uh, people like doing it. And I, I would consider it a sport. Golf definitely Yes. It's going to get my uh, nod as a sport. We'll ask Jimmy what he thinks. <laughs> he has to consider it a sport, no? I'm John sure. Jimmy is a big-time golfer. He loves it, yeah. He's literally our yeah. correspondent. I don't even try to get anyone else on. I'm like, I will have John. That works. How about how about we have a couple of guys on the show here as commentators that actually have played Augusta National, so are we not equipped to cover the Masters? There you go. Because Mike Mayo has played uh, oh, Augusta yeah, National has. also. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and Jimmy, of course, uh, had a hole-in-one on 16 <laughs> which puts him ahead of uh, virtually all of the pros that will be out there uh, at Augusta National this week. Because uh, how many can really make that claim? Uh, are there a dozen guys that have aced 16 on the PGA Tour that are currently in the field in the Masters? Now, uh, also remember that uh, all previous Masters champions automatically qualify mm -hmm. if they want to play, which is why Freddie Couples at like 62 is out there uh, playing practice rounds with Tiger Woods. And the thing about Freddie is, and he's one of my favorites, as I mentioned yesterday on the show with that long-winded story uh, about getting blown off by Ray Floyd, uh, he usually puts in a good round or two. Uh, a lot of these guys do. I, I tell you what, I, I was tempted. I don't think it can happen, but Bernhard Langer, who wins every one of those uh, you know championship tour events, champions tour events, Bernhard Langer is like 85 years old. And he, he still wins all of these senior events. And he, he's in the field also, as uh, I think he's won multiple Masters. Bernhard Langer is a guy that, uh, that you know, you, you have to take a look at. But uh, those guys usually are good for a round or two. And, and does that not seem like it might be the narrative for Tiger Woods? That, that maybe, I mean, imagine if he pops like a 69 the first day and is somewhere within a couple of shots at a lead. Can you imagine the frenzy that that's going to create? Bernhard Langer there, there, is not 80. <laughs> I know he's not 80. No, but I'm saying, like, he's not even old old. He's 64. Like, that's not old 64 old. is old for, for <laughs> an athlete. Not... How many athletes are 64 and are still competing? I mean, no one, but there's a whole Brady tour. will be. I mean, Brady will be. What team will Brady be in 19 years? <laughs> he's in years? his 60s. <laughs> that's a good one. Well, here it is, man. I mean, it's dominating everything. You gotta believe there's El Tigre. I mean, Hillary's on the front page because they hate her like poison in the uh, New York Post. Rupert Murdoch, and um, you know she's not the most likable human being. What would you say, Hillary Clinton? No, no, she's true. A lot of a lot of Fugazi stuff uh, surrounding Hillary. Oh, to be fair, I mean, if we're gonna knock the Trumpster, uh, Hillary, get out. No, of the Clintons in general. There's a lot of criminal crap. I mean, it is. Yeah. You have to own it. 
I've accepted. The weird thing about the Clintons is that uh, people that have crossed them have had a tendency to just mysteriously disappear. disappear. Yeah, that's not. It's not always a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a little weird. If Robert Stack was still around, man, I mean, exactly. he'd have a ball with the Clintons, wouldn't he? Hey, let's uh, resurrect the series. <laughs> I'll come out of the smoke again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, Tiger, I mean, is is the whole that's story crazy. of the world of sports right now. Uh, it, it is. I mean, look, the guy's going to attract this kind of attention, uh, but uh, definitely eclipsing anything else that's going on, including Yankees, Red Sox opening day is tomorrow. Mm. If uh, they uh, get the game off, supposed to be, uh, I, I think, uh, I, I don't know. Is there like lousy weather going to hit the uh, Northeast? This, this game is in New York. Uh, the Yankees are the home team here. Uh, Brian Cashman, did he ever come through with that contract for Aaron Judge? No, I don't think Supposedly, so. Supposedly uh, opening day deadline to get the extension done. Yeah, I don't think so. What happened with that? Nothing. I think it's still wow. being discussed. Yeah, I don't well, think what does Cashman do, man? Cut out little paper dolls in his office there? I mean, <laughs> what, what exactly is his job? <laughs> Try and duck calls from Lisa Meanwell, the, the soccer mom that uh, ratted him out and uh, was extorting him for all kinds of money until he finally couldn't stand it anymore? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what is wrong with us today? I'm following you. you. It's you, and I'm just following you down the rabbit hole. We haven't even talked about the main stories. I That's what's so funny is, like, I know nationally they don't give a shit about what goes on down here, but last night was a wonder. Last night for a South Florida sports fan was freaking great. Like the heat, I don't even know what the hell that happened. That fourth quarter was uh, unbelievable. And then they, the they had 144 points last night against Charlotte, 144, 114. But it was like a 30. 10 point game with like five, six, seven minutes left, or like a 15 point game with six, seven minutes left, and then they just freaking exploded. Remember when they used to get half of that and we thought it was an yeah. exciting game? They, they would win like 72 to 70 over the Knicks. Yep, the late 90s. Yep. We're like, wow, what a ball game that was last <laughs> night. Now in the NBA, I mean, it's not uncommon. You, you've seen multiple teams. They hit like 130, 140. Yeah. I don't know. Has anybody scored 150 besides the uh, all-star team? Yeah. Wouldn't be out of the question uh, to see that happening. Uh, Joel Embiid had like 35 points in the first six minutes of last night's game for the Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> It's insane, uh, the level of scoring uh, in the NBA. No, that that was great. Uh, the Heat had that mishap there, and everybody was thinking, they had uh, Spolster throwing a clipboard. Hey, give me something to throw. <laughs> and uh, all kinds of turmoil developing. Uh, UD? I mean, uh, what is UD on the roster no, for? Uh, to that. get in fights with Jimmy Butler? Get out of here. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> if, if Butler was the type of guy that uh, needed, like, a babysitter, as, uh, you know, we've had a couple of uh, previous Heat players that they needed somebody to watch him, right, for a variety of different reasons, immaturity, craziness, all kinds of stuff. Uh, but, uh, you know, Butler's not that time. So what is UD doing on the roster? Nobody knows, right? That never I mean, They say that, that uh, Riley is in, like cold-hearted, cutthroat when it comes to business. But uh, in this case, I do believe that uh, he, he's given Udonis Haslam 12 extra years in the NBA. Yep. Because he didn't take that deal in Dallas that time, and he came to the Heat with less money on the table. He could have been uh, like a free agent in Dallas. Imagine it was like five years, $35 million. Yeah. People were like, oh, man, you turned that down? <laughs> it was a steal. Steal by today's standards. No, I mean, you can't even get a guy for one standards. year that uh, was playing ball at that level. And he came back to the Heat, took less money, and I, I think Riley has uh, taken care of him ever since. No, uh, Otherwise, uh, how old is UD? He's got to be like in his 60s. No. <laughs> He was at the University of Florida when, like, uh, when I was in college. Yes. Norm Sloan was coaching. <laughs> yeah, I played for Norm. 
Great. He's late 30s. Charlie Pell was the football coach, I think, at the time when uh, he was there. Charlie Pell with the Charlie Pell grants. That's pretty good. I mean, you talk about the ideal way to cheat when you have a grant named after yourself, the Pell Grant. <laughs> you can just give it away very liberally to uh, players that otherwise wouldn't qualify, uh, you know, to uh, I- I- even, uh, you know, get out of the third grade. And uh, you've got you've got a roster full of these guys, and they all have Pell Grants. It's great. Uh, all right. Uh, well, we have a lot to do in the program. John Kajemi going to join us. We'll, we'll get more into this Masters thing. Uh, the hockey game last night was fantastic. I, we got turned on to it by uh, Red Deer Randy Muller. Very nice having Red Deer on the show yesterday. That was great. Uh, terrific appearance here by Red Deer Randy Muller of the Panthers broadcast team. Uh, now, uh, we, we kind of are, are leaning very heavily on Panthers coverage because of the wager with Mike Mayo about yep. the what could be a, a pricey dinner engagement at uh, Anthony's Runway 84, one of the fine establishments. If you're from out of town and you haven't been to South Florida, now they're going to be uh, closed for a while for uh, renovations. But this is a place that's uh, like Joe's Stone Crabs in terms of uh, its uh, legacy here yeah. in South Florida. I mean, a well-known joint, uh, Cafe Monterano. I mean, you have a bunch of places like that. And uh, this is iconically known uh, throughout the universe, Anthony's Runway 84. Uh, been around forever, and uh, they're going to be closing now. But uh, it's got to cost, I-, I would think, at least a stick of man uh, to go there. No, I was going to say, from what I've heard, I haven't actually had a meal there. We had, I went to the meatball thing that you guys, yeah, event. Oh, that had, was I've a never, whole different thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, I've never done. Kind of a if they're giving muscles just as an opener. Then yeah, it's yeah. got to be at least a hundred bucks, at least, because you're gonna have some wine too. So I mean, right? I mean, if you have a couple of drinks, I, I, I'm thinking if you are, are two people, it's probably two steaks. Yeah, two something. Yeah. All right. After yeah, tipping somewhere in that neighborhood, but I mean, you, you could get out probably a little bit lighter if you wanted to. But uh, you know, uh, if Mayo's pan, we don't give a flying one, right? We're ordering everything. <laughs> no, I, I want you could do your old trick where you you know pretended like you were taking uh, like three desserts home uh, for the kids. Wife, the even though you don't have any kids. I don't kids. have kids. <laughs> that, that was pretty ugly. I mean, you talk about being uh, for my know, wife. It really was a freebie media artist. I mean, you gave the media a bad name when you used to take those live Maine lobsters out of Frankie's place when we were doing shows there. <laughs> Despicable movie, really. <laughs> we, we uh, you know, I, I've seen uh, any number of atrocities committed by media members. So uh, when it comes to that sort of thing, now, now, you know, and I. I really want to, I don't want to beat Mayo up too much on this because he's really taken the chance here and he was emboldened I, I talked to him yesterday he, he was emboldened by the whole idea that Red Deer Randy Muller said it's going to be no picnic in the first I round know, I know no picnic what do you mean last what night what are we talking about we're figuring on having a feast never mind a picnic with flies and ants and all kinds of uh, various uh, insect he's, uh, he's talking about there being a goalie controversy now so he's like really getting He's like getting. Well, they had to uh, literally. I mean, uh, while I was doing something similar, they they were pulling a goalie on both sides last night. Oh, was there a joke? uh, The two starting goalies were not in the game by like the middle of the second period when I tuned in. Bobrovsky uh, was a human sieve. And I I don't know who the Toronto starter was, but uh, whoever he was, he was uh, equally ineffective because each team had uh, a string where they scored five goals straight. Yep. Very rare in a hockey game. And then uh, I loved it. What, did they change the rules on a daily basis in the NHL? Didn't they go four on four in the overtime uh, for a long, long time? And then at some point they, like, dropped it to three on three. But that was only after the four on five. Like, the overtime period they included six different phases. <laughs> they go four on four and nobody scored. They go three on three and nobody scored. And then they would have the shootout. 
So, uh, you know, even though they were, they were trying to decide the game in overtime, it was ultimately almost always decided by the shootout. Did, did you notice that? Now they just go straight to three on three. It said in 2015 16 is when this was instituted. So I haven't watched a game that went to overtime, watched overtime since yeah, 2016. Because it's only been six years, Defoe. But it's true. Like, Great. if you notice, the last handful of years, like, they never go to shootout. Like, the shootout is rare. Like, yeah. And and I'm so conditioned when, like, the Panthers the last two times have won in overtime. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. But I guess that's the norm now. When you have three on three, it's just three on three fast three. breaks. Like, it's just straight fast breaks. For uh, five I minutes. watched this very exciting three on three period. And each team, it's unlike the NFL. Each team had multiple. Oh, yeah. Like, like massive wide open scoring chances. And uh, for whatever reason, either missed the net or the goalie made a rare save. And then finally, uh, your man, uh, Jonathan Huberdo, who's been with the, I didn't realize he's been around for 10 years, this guy, Jonathan Huberdo, and, and he should be a name of some national acclaim because he became the first uh, Panther in the franchise history to have 100 points in a season. And let's not forget, I, I don't know, Pavel Burry didn't have a lot of assists when he was oh, playing. No. But he scored but a lot. They've had a few guys that, that were uh, well-balanced in terms of uh, goal-scoring ability and, and passing and, and assisting on uh, goals and, and uh, Huberto now uh, over 100. He scored five points in the game last night, two goals, three assists. Fantastic. And, and the Panthers ended up winning in, in overtime 7-6 uh, over the Toronto Maple Leafs, who I didn't even realize that they had teams breathing down their necks. Did you? Yeah, Maple Leafs are good. The Maple Leafs are the Maple second Leafs. best offensive My team in God. So, uh, anyway, uh, very exciting. The three-on-three three, well, was great. It was like watching knock hockey <laughs> on skates. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, you'd have a wild shot go and then it would come out to like the blue line where, where their, you know, defenders were able to pick it up. And then now they're going back the other way on like a three on one. It was fantastic. I mean, lightning quick. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, a lot a lot of scoring opportunities. It couldn't have been any more pulsating or exciting. And the place was going nuts. But I did detect something here, Luby. And this, unfortunately, is a local atrocity that has persisted for far too long. Okay, and that is, uh, it did seem like now uh, Randy was talking about Randy Muller on the show yesterday, and he should know, right? Uh, how great the crowds have been, how loyal the fans have been, the Panther fans have been great all year long, and the long-suffering Panther fans who haven't seen a playoff series won and rarely even make the postseason are finally going to be rewarded this year. Although he did suggest that it might be a little bit of thin it's ice, automatic yet, depending on the uh, first round of the playoffs, but. When Toronto scored to tie the game, Luby, oh, uh, they tied the game late, 6-6, like uh, with like a minute or something to go. Uh, a couple of minutes to go in the game, they tied the game up. Might have been three, but whatever it was, and they were putting a lot of pressure on. They had back-to-back -back power plays, and then all of a sudden, uh, they get a goal from Tavares, uh, who they had gotten from the Islanders. He was a great player there, and he yeah, went on the back. Yep. I guess, uh, you know, he's uh, from the province there or whatever the hell, and uh, wanted to go back home again. And, and a lot of these Canadian players aspire to be Maple Leafs, believe it or not. No, they've never won well, anything, Wouldn't you right? think it would be the Canadians? Yeah, the Canadians were, were the dominant team, Montreal. But uh, Montreal is considered like a, uh, you know, cesspool-like ghetto to people from <laughs> Toronto. Well, they hate each other. And a lot of people down here aren't big fans of the uh, Montreal uh, people either. But, uh, you know, that, that's a whole other story. And, and we mean nothing disparaging because we know a lot of fine people. That's the way to kind of get out of these kind of jackpots. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of great people from fine Montreal. Fine people, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fine people, good people. There's good people, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the bulk of the fans, I mean, the cheering was all Toronto at that point. Oh, that's annoying. 
Like you would have figured the crowd would have been completely deflated, right? They just tied the game that you came back from the grave in. You were down 5-1. You're going to win it 6-5. And in the last couple of minutes, they bang, tie it up. Here, here goes a goal to tie the game up. And, and you would have thought the whole crowd would like the air came out of the balloon, my friend. Just <laughs> kind of like the, uh, you know, as we progress longer and longer into this particular show. Just, no, uh, and, and, and the people were going nuts. I mean, if you go back and you check the sound on that goal by the Toronto Maple Leafs, you would have thought the Panthers scored the game-winning goal instead of Toronto getting a game-tying goal in that spot. And how is that possible, that there are still more fans from the other team in South Florida arenas that have winning teams on the playing field, the court, the ice? It doesn't happen with the Miami Heat, the unless heat. what? If the Knicks are even in town? The, even the Knicks. The Heat have actually gotten really good at when they go around – to other cities, they have supporters, and when they're at home, it's a heat crowd. Like every yes, other team, like, that's absolutely. annoying. Like I see, I didn't see because when I saw clips last night, it was whenever the Panthers would score and the place looked packed. So I was like, "Oh wow, good for the Panthers! Finally, they finally have some support." I didn't yeah. realize it was half Maple Leafs. Like that's that's uh, still the toughest annoying. tickets to get. Uh, yeah, the Panther games are uh, Montreal and Toronto. That's annoying. Those are the two toughest tickets, uh, as you can imagine, because uh, we're uh, inundated with uh, people from Montreal here. And, and I guess, you know, you, you don't see that many people that say they're from Toronto. Yeah, right? that's when that. you run into uh, Canadian people here in South Florida. But, uh, I mean, yes. they, they buy all the tickets for these games. Trust me. I, I don't know. Maybe they even come down here and make a weekend of it. That's possible, yeah, too. Yeah, they may actually do, like, a thing. And well, they had their first the dose of rain last night as it was raining goals. <laughs> and uh, the Panthers come away with that 7-6 win. But that, that was sensational. It was, I mean, just watching on TV, very exciting. And uh, Red Deer was on the commentary with our good friend Steve Goldie-Goldstein. And I, I don't know, Mayo. I mean, maybe we offer him a bailout, you know, so he doesn't have to cough over like 300 that night. Do we offer him some kind of option? Like if he just wants to pay up now, well, we'll let him go. For like, uh, uh, <laughs> We'll go watch a game of shenanigans or something where the tab's going to be, you know, much more comfortable. That's for sure. And good food. I don't right? think he'll want it. He's he's very – that's the thing. He didn't back into this bed. He's, no, he's weirdly confident about this stupid-ass bed. Like, yeah. it's actually making me mad. It's like, Panthers, you better win a series. <laughs> like- <laughs> he, he believes he's right. He he, he he believes his cynicism will be justified, and we, we know that it all stems from a feud that he had with the CEO of the team. Doug Sifu, who was way out of line and, and you know, weird. trashing Mayo on Twitter. Well, he went but personal. Nonetheless, I mean, look, uh, you think these teams uh, that we were criticizing over the years always took a favorable view of us? Oh, no. Yeah, no. pretty much. Yeah, they liked us. They didn't care that we were telling them that they were, were the shit. <laughs> Some of them were actually pretty fond of us, but not everyone. Yeah, we, got along with, we got along with everybody. We tried to. We're here to, you know, just have a good time. We're not here to, um, you know, change anybody's lives. You, you were saying something to somebody the other day about, yeah, well, we could really learn something there. Like, we're not learning anything on this show. <laughs> oh, Tony was talking about how yeah, people might learn that. something. Yeah, I don't see that. Tony, what are you, crazy? When people say that, I didn't learn anything. I'm like, okay, we did our job. Sarney gives me crap about that. I'm like, Jim, have you ever watched? Like, do you watch our show? <laughs> like, you know what we're doing? <laughs> People mock me when I try to bring up things that are a little bit more deep. <laughs> There's nothing deep in an exploring here, except uh, whether Tiger Woods will. There's a good prop bet. Will he shank his first shot? Does his drive hit the fairway? <laughs> Does he break out an iron on number one? I don't know. Is that, that's not typically played with an iron. They whip out the driver no, on number one, to- don't they? 
Yeah. Isn't that a big thing on the course there? The yes. driver every hole, man. Yes. Here's Bubba Watson. And guess what? He's got out the big stick, boys. <laughs> the Shambo's in this thing. He's been out with an injury. He had a wrist injury. But he uh, he can't plow through Augusta National like he does some of these other uh, courses. He, he just I don't think you can bulldoze your way through that course. So uh, it doesn't necessarily suit his game. Big John Rahm, we need him to come through. I have uh, John's team here that uh, you are represented by also, uh, Mike Louie-Lubitz. So we'll get into that with John Kajemi. Hylia Park, uh, wow. I mean, you talk about a great place to go. Unbelievable, man. I, I absolutely love Hylia Park. I've said it many, many times here on the show, and people think, oh, yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, you're getting paid to endorse these guys, so uh, well, why wouldn't you say that you love them? And uh, I almost feel like Tom Selleck, and, you know, you know, you don't need a disclaimer, though, right? Because you know that the guy's full of crap as soon as he says, hey, if I thought this was a ripoff, that's Selleck <laughs> during that ad for the reverse mortgage. If I thought this was just a trick to take your home, you old senile bastards, <laughs> I wouldn't even be here. See, we don't roll like that. If we don't like something, no, no, no. if it's suspect at all, we don't want to back it, right? And, and that's why Hylia Park is such a pleasure to represent because uh, I, I genuinely do love the place. I have, I, I can envision, I don't know, the very first time I walked through. Yeah, I can kind of see myself there. A young thief. Can you imagine? And I roll into Hylia Park and I had been uh, reporting and uh, going to Santa Anita and the tracks of California. I didn't really get down to Del Mar much, but Santa Anita was a gorgeous place. Absolutely wonderful. And it was, it was very pristine and had uh, all kinds of uh, very elegant horses and outfits uh, racing there. And, and then the first time I, I went to Hialeah, I was like, wow, this like blows away Santa Anita in its own way. Really does. Now, it's a smaller, you know, more compact place in Santa Anita. But when the racing scene was going on there, it, it was fantastic. And you're thinking, wow, what a shame it would be if it was like Liberty Bell or Bowie or some of these racetracks that just got gobbled up, uh, you know, by the, uh, the changing society. And sure enough, John Brunetti Sr. has this vision that nobody else could see. And he says, I I'm going to open a casino here. And, you know, he was entitled to because he had the paramutual license and the way the laws, the Fugazi laws were being legislated, uh, that gave him a shot. And, and most people gave him no shot of having this work. Right. They didn't care for the area, maybe or whatever. And uh, the place had been closed and, and it was struggling, you know, to get any kind of a crown for racing because other people were racing at the very same time. It may be in, uh, you know, better uh, locations or whatever. But uh, whatever the problem was, everybody saw this as going straight into the uh, dumper. And it's just the opposite. It's probably the most pristine of the casinos here in South Florida. Just absolutely fantastic and comparable to anything that you will find in any casino destination because uh, they have the dazzling slots there and they have all your favorite games. Uh, Steve Calibro knows what the people want to play. So, uh, you know, he doesn't have all kinds of uh, craziness going on where you never see anybody sit down at the machine. Uh, people are clamoring to get on these machines here nice. and they have plenty of them. So uh, it's not like you're going to get aced out, but. Wow, a well-run casino. And I've spent a lot of time in casinos, as you know, especially of late. And slot machines and all of that stuff, uh, you know, ringing bells. But uh, fantastic what's going on at Hylia Park. Food and drink, great. Atmosphere, tremendous. You're going to love the vibe in there. Champion simulcasting room. You have the big races coming up, right? Triple Crown Series. Uh, we were there uh, for a couple of Triple Crown races, I want to say, two years ago. And uh, couldn't have been any more exciting. Well, what, what great accommodations. They have everything that you could possibly want as a horse player. Uh, no, we're not out of racing forms, right? You walk into some places, they're already out of forms. 11 o'clock in the morning. That they make it very, very, uh, you know, uh, convenient for you, the horse player, to get everything that you possibly want. And horse players, uh, Luby, I, they make fetch more than any other type of gambler. 
<laughs> they're never satisfied, right? You just want a thousand bucks. Oh, shoot. I could have had to try. Yeah, oh, oh, hey. so you just want a thousand bucks. Where else is somebody just going to hand you 10 $100 bills at a window and go, hey, congratulations. And yeah, they're not even mad. <laughs> and you're mad, right? Oh, geez. You know what? I was going to play the form and the try. I left them out. Um, no, and, and people can complain uh, all day long if they're horse players. That's for sure. But and nobody, you never hear this kind of stuff at Hylia Park. Nope. Everybody's uh, totally satisfied. They're at the Brass Rail Bar getting drinks for like nothing. And uh, it's just re really, really a great place. So uh, make your plans to be there. If uh, you like to gamble, if you like to party, if you like to eat, uh, if uh, you're planning an event, go to HyliaPark.com. You can get all the information you need there. They're very, very extremely helpful. Uh, the employees there, it's one big happy family. It really is. I mean, that's uh, hard to find in a casino business. See a lot of the people in other casinos. They're downtrodden. And they're kind of bummed out. It's like uh, you would think you were losing your money, <laughs> but uh, they're winning at Hialeah. They know how to do it. So make your plans if you want to uh, check out a great place. It's beautiful, Hialeah Park. All right, uh, John Kajemi. I sensed. I sensed that he's set to go here. He's, he's lingering, ready to get in on the action. Now, you notice we've stepped up our appearance here a little bit today, right, Louie? Because, uh, you know, when, when you have John Kajemi on, I mean, this is the handsome one himself. Yes. And, and it really upgrades the overall. I mean, if you were going to rate Louie and me as, say, physically a three, then you factor in. <laughs> I'm a three. <laughs> I would say at least average. You factor in the 10 that Kajemi is, and all of a sudden it's uh, 16 divided by three. It's not so I bad. Really, we really, Shirley's up. like a nine or a 10. So if I'm a three. Then I really, okay. I mean, I know I will kick my coverage, but I thought it was like, okay, I'm a five, you know, great right, day right, is six. Right. I'll give you five. No, I'll it's fine. Five. I'll take a three. I mean, I'm still here living the life Compared I'm living. Compared to so. I mean, uh, you know. Oh, no, Kajemi's like now, a, he's like my like wife. making it up. He's like a dime. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what they would call him. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, when uh, when God created the perfect human being. No, <laughs> it, it might be John Kajemi. So anyway, John's going to join us here in a few minutes. We'll, we'll see how... Uh, he feels about this uh, golf pool also because uh, his selections, I think, differed. Uh, but he made his own. About he already made his him. selections, right? Like you got his selections. Because I know he was killing it. If it didn't get windy the last tournament, we would have annihilated the field. So, like, oh, his... I don't know about that. Uh, you know, the way it ended up, uh, we we were pretty far off. I, now we 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 did get absolutely annihilated, and, and that's the right word to to use because of that a stoppage of play yeah. when our guys were all doing well, yes, and that's then what all I'm of saying. a sudden. All of a sudden, they, they all blew a gasket there, including your man from FSU, Brooks Kepka, who a lot of people think can win the Masters. Yeah. I don't know. Is he in winning form, Brooks Kepka? I left him out. Oh. Like an immediate throwout for me. But he, he's a monster. I mean, uh, and, and nobody had been better in uh, major events than, than Kepka for that period of time, what, a couple of years ago. Did he dye his hair blonde or something? Maybe that's where uh, he went I wrong. I don't know. I'm not sure. That would be weird. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style, and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. 